This is the Becker's Healthcare Podcast, created by the team of Becker's Healthcare, a multimedia company devoted to the people who power U.S. healthcare. Four new 15-minute episodes are released daily, containing industry news, analysis, and thought leadership from powerful healthcare decision makers. Support our show by leaving it a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or other platforms you use. It's a chance to tell us what you like about the show and act on your feedback. Thanks for listening. Now here's the episode. This is Laura Deirdre with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. I'm thrilled today to be joined by Sherry Liebel, who is the Executive Director of Revenue Cycle at Centricare. Sherry, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Thank you, Laura. It's a pleasure to be here. Now, I know there's a lot happening in healthcare, and certainly it's a fascinating time um, for the Revenue Cycle side of things. But before we dive into my broader questions, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and your background? Yes, Absolutely. Um, again, I'm Sherry Liebel. I am the executive director of Central Care, which is in central Minnesota. I have led and been involved with Revenue Cycle for more than 20 years at Central Care, as well as other Minnesota and national health systems. Um, I've also <laughs> led clinical and research departments that have rounded out almost 30 years of experience and time within the healthcare industry. That's amazing and definitely, you know, awesome to have such great perspective um, coming into your current role. Now, what are the opportunities and headwinds that you have your eye on right now? I think some of the opportunities that um, I'm looking at specifically are the expansion of some of those telehealth services that are available and really helping understand and adapt to those telehealth billing and reimbursement requirements. And then making sure that it's more widely accepted um, to help increase some of our revenue opportunities. I think some of the other opportunities that we have are the data and analytics. It seems to be a bit more robust uh, so that we can really identify those patterns and optimize some of the processes and make more data-driven decisions. So those are a couple of the opportunities that I'm most excited about. Some of the headwinds that I think are a struggle right now uh, and will continue to be a struggle are the government regulations that are coming down in some of the payer policies. I believe government, government and the payers and health systems all have the same goal in mind, which is in, in something we need to work together, which is to reduce the cost to deliver care and ultimately reduce the cost to the patient. However, at this time, we're, we're not working together to achieve this goal. Um, regulations and policies are coming down on the backs of healthcare systems, which is creating more administrative burden and more cost to the health systems. But the, the reimbursement to the health system is decreasing and ultimately impacting patient care. So um, to me, I think an opportunity that we could all garner out of that is that if the government, the payers and the health systems could come together to create a solution, and uh, this really can't be done from a top-down effort on the backs of health systems. So I think that's one of the top ones for me. The other one is, of course, staffing shortages, um, ensuring we have adequate staff and offering the training to the existing and new staff that's coming in is going to be crucial. And then cyber threats. Uh, We're seeing seeing a lot more cyber threats and, and some prime targets on data and storage of that data and that becomes is is continuing to be a continual threat for us as well. Absolutely. I think that's fascinating, you know, and certainly a good mix of trying to understand 
telehealth, the expansion of telehealth and, and what that really means on the reimbursement side, being prepared for that um, transition as well as, you know, I, I love the focus on data analytics to have more data-driven decision-making um, throughout the process. You know, from your accountabilities on the revenue cycle side, when you're looking at um, some of the additional data strategies, what do you really focus on there, I guess, to make sure that the team has the information they need um, in order to, you know, thrive with the revenue cycle and then um, providers to just are able to understand the data that's coming to them um, on the revenue cycle. And, and I would just love to hear your perspective on, you know, how you can keep, I guess, those things front of mind to make sure that everybody understands the information and, and then can make the best decisions going forward. Yeah, I think that's a great question. I think uh, so folks that can continue to understand the data that's coming at them. We, first of all, the data needs to be meaningful based off of what we're trying to solve for, right? And so ensuring that we have an idea of what we are trying to solve for. Are we trying to reduce our denials? Are we trying to increase our um, integrity of our clinical documentation? Are what are we trying to solve for? And then finding the right tools to get that data so that we can use that, explain it up to either our providers and or the departments that are impacting our denials or whatever it might be and helping them truly understand this. This is where in the revenue stream the issues are and the impact it has, whether it's volume, whether it's dollars, all of those types of things, and then bringing that back to the end user to say, okay, if we do it this way or if we change this and having them obviously involved in the, in the decision-making and how we're going to fix it, but then also say, this is how much time it's going to take you to do it and how much time it's going to take off the back end so other folks don't have to do it. So I think it's bringing that whole data analytics full circle. So really understanding and understanding and identifying patterns um, and what are those patterns that we're trying to identify as well. So I, I think sometimes if you just go out there and, and start pulling data and you don't know what you're pulling data for, it it makes it very convoluted and it's like, what process am I trying to fix here? What is the problem I'm trying to fix? So you, you kind of have to have a full scope of data. We like each of the main data so that we can look at that and we can say, oh, yep, this is an opportunity for us to fix you know, uh, denials, or this is an opportunity for us uh, to fix some issues that we're having in our authorization process and really having that clearly defined out. Absolutely. That makes a lot of sense. And, and definitely, I appreciate you laying that out for us. Now, you know, when you look at um, your organization overall, how do you think about growth and adding value to Centricare? Yeah, I think that's a, a great question. So, I think one of the things is a lot of times revenue cycle is one of the first areas where organizations, when they are looking to cut costs or find additional revenue, they usually come knocking on the door of revenue cycle right off the bat. And it is important uh, for revenue cycle to be at the table to figure, to talk about growth and adding value to the organization because there's a lot of opportunity to reduce costs in revenue cycle. So really looking at finding those efficient practices to curb those costs is important. Um, I know right now for us, we have already 
gone through the exercises of determining that low hanging fruit. And um, now we're working with our clinical partners to streamline practices um, to find better opportunities to either increase um, value uh, that might be finding opportunities in provider schedules where they can add more more access to their schedules for the patients. It might be helping them um, understand what they need to document better so that we can get to that next level, that, that high, next level of CPT so we can um, charge that next level. It's those types of things where we have to have those conversations. It's also important to work with the vendors to find opportunities to automate some of the practices to reduce costs. And then I know one of the things that we are looking at currently doing is expanding our revenue cycle services to smaller organizations that struggle to have a, a similar infrastructure of a larger organization. So um, we have a number of affiliate partners with our, our EHR that are on our same instance of EHR, but they struggle and they look to us to do a lot of the uh, work for them. And so we're looking at saying, how can we do even more revenue cycle functions for you all to kind of help you out? Um, so we, we live in rural Minnesota, so we want to be good neighbors and good partners to those that we serve and keep their costs down so that some of our rural partners can stay open as well. So we're always looking at opportunities to help those around us and, and other communities around us. I love that. I think it's so important and certainly serves the mission of trying to provide care across the spectrum, you know, in, in making sure that your partners, as you mentioned, in the rural communities and other areas are really able to um, shine in that way. Now, how, um, you know, I, I know right now we've been talking a little bit about some of the different challenges and struggles, well, whether it's workforce challenges or um, other areas that, you know, really can make it challenging to uh, move forward financially or otherwise. But I'm wondering, you know, what is one risk or investment that's still worth making this year? So uh, the one, it, I kind of struggle with this one a little bit because the first thing that I wants to roll off my tongue for the, the one investment I'd like to make this year is in technology. But I struggle a bit because I'm not sure that technology is fully there yet for revenue cycle. So really the one investment, the most important investment I think that we can make this year is in our people and really expanding our employee development, our training, the education opportunities will be key. Some of the other things that I think is important is uh, some of the data and analytics tools and to track and analyze, you know, the different revenue streams that might be that we might be looking at um, patient care opportunities such as hospital at home, some of those types of things. And then also cybersecurity is going to be super important for us to invest in over this next, this next year. That's really fascinating to hear. And, you know, from your vantage point as director of uh, revenue, how do you, are you thinking about um, something like the data analytics and cybersecurity, especially, I know that that is something that's on the minds of a lot of different folks, but um, I can imagine on your end of things, just really trying to understand, um, you know, what you as the 
director of revenue cycle, how that involves you and really, um, you know, what your role is in trying to make sure that the data and information is secure across the system. Yeah, I think it's really important to work, especially when I think of cybersecurity, the data that we have, we are most at risk because we handle the financial data and the financial information of not only the health organization, as well, but also that of our patients. So we have a lot of secure information and data. So working hand in hand with our ISMT folks and our, our IS security folks uh, to make sure that we have all of the appropriate gates in place uh, to keep bad actors out of our systems and to make sure that we are secure and our patients feel secure as well as our employees. Um, our employees are our patients as well. So we want to make sure that the information that we have in the system is secure so that our employees also feel secure. So it's really assuring that we have all of the correct stops in place to make sure that our information is secure and, and we are not at risk for any type of cybersecurity attack. And I think that needs to continue to be top of mind um, for health systems because, especially in revenue cycle, because again, you know, we hold banking information, patients' credit card information sometimes, uh, sometimes, you know, as we're working through their financial assistance, we have their tax information. We wanna make sure all of that information is very secure for the patients. So having that partnership with our ISMT security team is extremely important. That makes a lot of sense and definitely is awesome to hear, you know, you're being so proactive in that way. Um, now, before we wrap up our conversation, I was wondering, you know, if you could talk about where you see the best opportunities for growth and development in the future. Yes, I, I do think that there is some opportunity for technology for, for growth in the future. Um, I think really finding those folks that those technology folks that can help us from a full revenue cycle from start to finish is going to be imperative and making sure that it's not fragmented pieces of the pie. That's where we kind of feel we get overbendered sometime. And so really finding that all inclusive uh, technology that will help with the entire revenue stream. I think that is one of the best opportunities for the future. I think continuing to, look at technologies that can help create the best experience for our patients, whether it's with their physical or financial health, no matter what it is. But we know we have a number of patients who still like the traditional model of the health system, but we have uh, more generations that are coming up that like that quick and easy model, which requires more technology. So making sure we're investing, investing in the correct technology in the right places. I think some of the other pieces and opportunities for growth in the future will be in predictive analytics so that we can predict payers' behavior as far as denials or um, inpatient or observation status as well as patient payments. Um, I think that's an important as well as the value-based payment models. Um, so as the health industry start to shift towards those value-based care, providers can explore revenue opportunities tied to patient outcomes, quality metrics, and funding payments. This might require adjusting some of our revenue strategies. So just being mindful of some of those types of things. And then I think the other big opportunity, one that we're starting to work on, is our 
collaboration with our payers and our and our local government to find opportunities to decrease some of the costs that are incurred in healthcare and ultimately then decrease the cost of care to our patients as well. That's fantastic, Sherry. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. This has been a really fun and interesting conversation and I look forward to connecting with you again soon. Thank you, Laura. It's so important for leaders at the top of organizations to keep learning, stay sharp, grow their networks, to help our audience better do this in a more simplified, personalized, and meaningful way, Becker's Healthcare has launched MyBHC. It's your trusted Becker's Healthcare experience and more with content, connections, events, and learning opportunities. Join the community free of charge at www.my.beckershospitalreview.com and we'll see you there. Mm-hmm.